0: Welcome to the most listened-to golf in the world, the fairways of life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and golf channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks?
1: Welcome to the program. Pleasure to have you come Thursday as we come to you live once again from here in sandwich England it's a part of England called Kent it's way out to the east and I can tell you that all of England was buzzing last night perhaps even more so this morning because they had the big game last night congratulations to the English team for working their way into the finals beating Denmark and it was interesting because you guys saw the feature we showed you a couple of times this week. I'll probably air it again tomorrow too of this little cottage that I'm staying in. So the landlord had to come by and drop something off, and it was I was thankful that he did because he was able to drop into the into the post a, a test that I had to do for COVID. Remember, as part of my quarantine, I'm required to test on day two, which was the test that I took and, and shipped off yesterday. Uh, day five, which is the scheme to release. And then day eight, and then I have to take another test before I fly, which they call fit to fly. So I'm waiting for that first test to, results to come back. And then I believe, what, three days later uh, after, after that. So it will be on Saturday morning. I'll take the test to release. And if all goes according to plan, then hopefully by Sunday, maybe on Monday, I'm free to travel and do whatever I want. Go wherever I please uh, because I still have to take those other tests that I mentioned day eight, and they fit the fly. But at least I won't have to quarantine anymore after that point. So that was why he came down to help me. So, in any event he said to me last night, because as you guys know here, there the weather is generally cool, and there's really no humidity to speak of. So there there are no screens in the windows. So and obviously there's no air conditioning or anything like that. You wouldn't need it. So I've got, I've got the door open. I've got the windows open around me even right now and letting the breeze blow through. So he came by to tell me, he goes, you might want to keep the windows closed and locked. Uh, He was talking about last night. He goes, because if England wins, it's going to get pretty crazy. Well, England won and it was pretty crazy. And it was, it was awesome that everything was going so well. And I was telling Dom and Andrew before we went on the air that the UK government, because I'm in quarantine, you have to register with the government when you come in and all the rest. They literally check up on you. So I got the call last night, and again, sounded very suspicious. Like you're not you're not fraternizing with the locals, are you? You're not at some pub watching this this game, uh, which I wasn't. I was sitting right here watching it on on the television that you saw in that video. Although I was texting away with friends far and wide, and all the rest. And then I got another call this morning. So they're really they're staying right on top of me to make sure I'm where I am. In fact, they they tell you that someone could show up and just check and make sure you are where you're supposed to be. And I suspect they probably do that. This is just wild speculation that they probably do that closer to big metropolitan areas because I'm two hours East of London, uh, down here in sandwich on the coast. I highly doubt that they have people that they're dispatching to do this, particularly when they have all these people like said, that were supposed to be in quarantine And then you had a game that was basically the significance to the English side is that they get into the finals. This is the first significant finals for the men's side since 1966. Uh, So it is Sunday. And do you know who it's against on Sunday? Dom's rubbing one hand against the other right now. They're playing Italy on Sunday. So, Dom, what time is a game stateside on Sunday?
2: Why is it oh,
1: that you no. always have eating. to bring
2: me in when I'm eating breakfast? Can I just sit and eat my breakfast? Listen, I'm not going to let what this show interrupt my eating schedule. I can do what I do without interrupting <laughs> my eating schedule. That's not going to work for me.
1: And What are you wolfing but, down today? Uh, what, what healthy thing you to have done? Answer down? your
2: question. It is at 3 o'clock on Sunday, Italy versus England. It's in my phone. It's on my calendar.
1: <laughs> like, so. take
2: my son to school, do this, do that. Italy, England. I've, like, carved out a window. I will shut Good. down everything going on in my life to watch that game on Sunday. I'm very excited yeah, it'll about be, that. It, Speaking it of is, which, I, I Monday don't... show is going to be rough, Matt. I'm going to be busy <laughs> on Sunday.
1: <laughs> One way or the other, <laughs> Monday show is going to be rough. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't normally cheer for England in too many things, but uh, in this case, Don, we're going to be sitting at opposite ends of that table as that game gets underway, so we'll see how it plays itself out. And there is the slightest chance that my scheme to release test will have come back by then, and if it does, then you can bet I'm going to find myself a a proper pub somewhere to take in that game, and I'm (laughs) dying to have a good drawn pint of Guinness. Hey, before we go off it, I'd ask you what you were eating there. I'm curious uh, what the breakfast is today.
2: Um, I need to go shopping, so we're out of a lot of items. These are uh, peanut butter Fire panda quality. puffs.
1: <laughs> I knew it's going to be they're, so classic.
2: My kids love them. They've got like a, uh, I don't know, it's like, a, it's like a little panda bear on the cover. It's kind of course. like Kicks, but with a panda bear. My kids yeah. love them. But that's all we have. I need to go shopping. I should be eating a piece of fruit, but here we are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he couldn't lie to me and say that he was he was eating an orange. He's eating Panda Puffs uh, while we're on the air, which which is great. So, you guys heard me talk about the weather uh, here in Sandwich. Remember, I'm only a couple miles from Royal Saint George's, uh, where the Open will be next week, and I can report to you that the weather has been absolutely perfect so far. This is from today. You can see what I, that was when I was sitting out in the garden. I say in the backyard. Uh, 68 degrees, it says partly cloudy, but it was bright sunshine when I was sitting out there. And look at next week, though. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the temperature's all about the same, 69, 70 degrees, fine. But the chance of rain diminishes as the week progresses. I don't think I have ever seen that on the front end. 20%, 13%, 12%, and 6%, respectively, Thursday through Sunday for next week. I'm not even sure. I mean, obviously it's weather and it's 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 a, a lynx course by the sea. So you'd be very wise to take that with a huge, huge grain of salt, an ocean's worth of salt. And I, I will be, but it's at least encouraging at this point to look out and say, you know what? Maybe there's a chance that we won't just have a deluge of rain dumped on our heads nonstop like we normally have. The last time I can remember really beautiful weather throughout. It was downright hot was at uh, Muirfield when Phil Mickelson won. That was, and, and it's going to happen to me this year too. As you can tell, I'm I'm in quarantine. So I'm like wearing a t-shirt. I'm waiting for one of our guests who's coming on today to yell at me. Uh, the famed Marty Hackle will be joining us in a little while. And uh, so I'm not even sure if I have the right gear because I, you bring clothing for whatever weather you're going to face. And so half of my clothes are made for pretty cold weather. I remember the year that uh, 2015, when if you guys remember when Tom Watson went across the Swilkin bridge, and then they had all the RNA members out there and they're all waving goodbye. Well, the rest of the field was on the golf course. And I was assigned to the group of Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. And we were playing the par five 14th of the old course of St. Andrews. And I was I was in front of them. The, the players uh, Jordan actually outdrove Dustin on that hole, which was interesting. And so the players were going to go for the green and two. And so I I was up. If, I don't know if you if you know that hole. I'm sure you remember it from television. It's it's a par five, kind of kind of gently moves from left to right. Not much. It's straightish, but there's a little bit of movement. And and then the green is is a, is a shared green. Uh, and and the way the green is contoured is that it gets high on the right side, and then there's some bunkering protecting that right side. Well, the whole location was 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 left of where that bunker was, and I, I'll be honest with you, the players were hitting their second shot. The RNA said they didn't do it for Tom Watson, but we couldn't see. There was the the players knew the direction to hit it, and they you know play was continuing, so they played on, and so they hit their second shots and. I can remember that Jordan and I think Jordan buried the hole if I remember correctly. And DJ the next morning I should note, and DJ ended up hitting his short. So we had this little this little chip shot coming back. So they told us the next morning we had to be in position at, at half past six. So six thirty in the morning we were in position. I believe we were going on the air at seven. And the temperature at that time with wind chill and all other factors contributed was 26 degrees. I was out there with Gordon Brand Jr., uh, God rest his soul now, but we were we were out there getting ready to go and you know, Gordon had the burner going and kind of kind of looking miserable about well, what are we doing out here? And if you guys remember, we weren't out there for long. I think play commenced for 90 minutes that morning and then it was called and it was called for hours and hours and hours because the winds were so severe that that the golf course was literally unplayable. The ball was moving on the greens. But to Dustin Johnson, just to finish that story, uh, DJ hit it in front, and he he got up to it. And, and again, you go home, you you know that this is the shot that you're going to face. This this little little chip shot. It, it's a, it was a little bit longer than a traditional chip. You might call it a pitch based on its distance. It was somewhere in between there. I think it was more chipped than pitch in fairness, uh, but that was the shot that he was facing and the only thing that he had to focus on was just getting up and down he was there in two and he absolutely turned the sod over on it it was just interesting to see where where he was kind of kind of leading uh, the way and then how quickly it it left him just focus i i suppose and and you can understand it too because if if we were out there at half past six and it was freezing cold. I can't imagine the time that the players got there to try to get warmed up and stretched and hit some golf balls and do all the rest. And, and if you remember, Jordan played well. Now uh, Jordan had already, now at this point, won two major championships in that season. And he was coming into the open and he made it right to, he bogeyed 17 on, on the final round, he bogeyed 17 and he failed to birdie 18, gave it a good run. And if he had made that birdie, he would have gone into the playoff that ultimately was won by Zach Johnson. Now, to Zach Johnson, you're going to hear from the multiple-time major champion coming up in the program today. You're going to hear from Steve Stricker coming up in the program today as well. Uh, We've got a couple of guests that I had mentioned to you that I'm super excited about welcoming to the program, Uh, but you're also going to hear from some other really big names. Rory McIlroy, who was just teed off at the Scottish Open, You're going to also hear from Justin Thomas and John Rahm. We're going to kick back to the John Deere. You're going to hear from Daniel Berger. All of that lies in store in today's show. And I know that our first guest is waiting for me to introduce him at this time. But before that, I want to give you an update on what's going on at the Scottish Open. Because talk about the cream rising to the top. This is round one of the Scottish Open. And as we speak right now, it is 1.13 in the afternoon. So those that teed off in the morning that are finishing up their rounds have reached the crest of the top of the leaderboard. They include at five under par uh, Thomas Dietrich. He is, he is complete Tommy Fleetwood five under par through 18 Lee Westwood at five under par. He has one hole left to play and Matthew Fitzpatrick at five under par. He has two holes left to play. So the lead at five under par those at four under par lurking one shot back. Xander Shoffley is four under done Chris Wood, The same Adrian Ortega is also four under par, but he has lots of holes before him. He's only through 14, so we'll see if he can scratch his way to the top or even beyond. That lies in store. So the Scottish Open is underway. I'm going to give you some scores, too, on the PGA Tour side. Bronson Burgoon leading the way at the John Deere. He birdied their first hole of day for him which was the 10th and he is at one under par there are multiple players on the course right now at level par and as we're speaking jonathan bird just birdied his second hole of the day he is tied top the leaderboard currently on that one under mark we'll continue to keep you updated on everything going on on that side uh steve scott undoubtedly is a name that you guys know and remember the epic U.S. amateur that he played against Tiger Woods. It was the inspiration for a book that he wrote and just recently released. The website for the book is movethatback.com. And the book is called, Hey Tiger, You Need to Move Your Mark Back. Nine Simple Words That Change the Game of Golf Forever, You guys are familiar with Steve and his work for the PGA of America as a professional and multiple media outlets as well. Delighted to welcome him to the program. Steve, welcome on my side of the pond here to Sandwich England. How are you, sir?
0: Oh, great to be with you, Matt. Thank you so much.
1: It's a pleasure to have your company here too. So let's just jump into this. You decided after it's 25 years next month, if memory serves me right, that you were going to write this book, what was the reason? What ultimately made you decide to do it? Well, I mean,
0: certainly the uh, I think the overall reason was really, number one, making sure that, you know, looking at Tiger Woods, career now, 25 years down the road, maybe he played again competitively. Maybe he doesn't. But Tiger, um, you know, it was just it was a moment in time that you know, for me and the, the spirit of the game of golf that I, I never want to, I don't want the next generation of golfers. And I have two children. I've got a 13 year old boy, and a 10 year old girl. And it really made me think about all those kids you know, watching the game and, and making sure they understand what the spirit of the game of golf is all about. And in that one moment and the title of the book, um, that moment really golf really shone through and you know the the, the timing really in the world stage uh, the yeah, i guess the you know the, the world's obviously gone through a lot with the pandemic and still going through it and uh, you know the, it's it's kind of that feel good story in a way too it's like you know you can you know showing how somebody like myself can survive and win and and thrive even though maybe a a crucial moment in my life personally didn't go the way that i wanted and uh but it's more about the game of golf and passing that story on to the next generation
1: of golfers so to that moment i want to talk about that in a second but first i want to back up prior to that take us back through time let's reel back the years here and go back this quarter century to who Steve Scott was at the time, your girlfriend who was carrying the bag for you at the time. I realize all of these things lead, lead to more significance down the road, which yeah. is why I'm framing them the way I am, if I may. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about who you were at that time, the, the play that you had going into this very prestigious event. When did you find out? How did you find out as things started to progress that it was going to be Tiger Woods that you were facing? And what did you know of him at the time? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, leading into that event, the year before, I made it to the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur at Newport Country Club, and which really, which which got me the in, in to the next year. But um, that moment, really, yeah, I, I played really well that summer. Uh, I qualified for the U.S. Open. I hold a 30-footer on the final hole of qualifying to make it in the open uh, at Oakland Hills as an 18-year-old. Uh, so I mean, I was I was really young. I was a teenager. Just uh, uh, so, I was just finishing in the ninety-six U.S. Amateur. I was just finished my freshman year at University of Florida, and so it, it was. Uh, it was a good summer, I did really well. But I hadn't cracked through the winter circle. I finished runner-up in a couple major amateur events in Northeast Amateur, the Sunny Hannah Amateur, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought maybe, hey, this was the time. And what was crazy though, Matt, is that the first day of stroke play in that U.S. Amateur at Pumpkin Ridge. I shot 79 the first stroke play, and I was packing my bags to go home. And if it wasn't for a semi-miracle round of 66 the next day, I would have not have had the chance to play Tiger in that final.
1: Amazing stuff. Uh, to the question of Tiger Woods, though, how much was he already legend at this point? Was there was there any sense of boy, I can't believe I've got to face Tiger Woods, or? Was there kind of a youthful bravado there that I can play against and I can beat anybody?
0: Well, there was the good news eight
1: months, later,
0: I was paired with him in a collegiate and around he shot seventy, ended up winning the tournament, and I shot eighty. And the reason why I shot eighty, because I was I was watching everything he was doing. <laughs> and and it was I was awe-inspiring to see somebody hit towering three, three iron little butter knife, you know, it's over, land softly on a par five green. And, and I was just saying, I can't do that. So what I, the game plan really going into that finals was, was don't watch him hit a shot. Like I didn't hit a shot. I heard the ball come off the club face, obviously, because I was right there, but I didn't watch him swing. I didn't want to get caught up in anything he was doing and it really helped. Um, And because it's easy to get caught up in what Tiger was doing because he had already won. Three U.S. juniors to that point, and then two consecutive U.S. amateurs, and he was going for history that day. Pumpkin and I was the only way.
1: When when you were competing against Tiger Woods in those days, uh, Steve, in particular at the pinnacle that that the whole book was based upon, <clears throat> was was he then the Tiger Woods that we knew? for his whole professional career, which had kind of the steely eye, didn't really seem to be engaged too much. It was kind of a step on your throat approach, or was Tiger more social back in the day? What was it like competing against that young Tiger Woods? <laughs> yeah, it was It was pretty much the same. I mean, his father Earl raised
0: him to be a, you know, what he had called a, a stone on the golf course, essentially what he was. I mean, our conversation was very short. And to the point um, that day, I, I said, good, and he said, Thanks. and that was it. I mean, literally, we, we didn't, see, there was a chat, there was no that. I mean, it was a, he had, you know, ready to hand him a $40 million check. And uh, <laughs> no checks for me, but, uh, but no, but the, uh, but Phil really, uh, yeah. I mean, it, everything was on the line for Tiger that day. And what's amazing is that he knew it. And he was able to compartmentalize all of that stuff and go out there and play
1: some of the best golf, certainly in the second 18 that he has ever played in his life. Yeah, indeed. I want to talk to you about the first 18, though. You were playing some great golf as well, and it looked as though, in fairness, in, in, in my uh, it, uh, view, that you had everything in hand. Did you think so? Or what, what were your thoughts as you were starting to build up a lead? And you can tell I'm not giving details, folks, to encourage you to, to pick up the book and, and enjoy this. Yeah. MoveThatBack.com is the website to pick up a copy of Hey Tiger, You Need to Move Your Mark Back uh, by Steve Scott. But I'm just curious what your thoughts and your emotions were as you were charging forward and seemingly building up a lead that looked like it could hold.
0: Yeah, I mean, five up after eighteen holes. If you if you tell somebody who's playing well that they're going to be five up after eighteen and they're not going to win, shoot two under par in the second eighteen, mind you, and not win, uh, you you would you would call them a liar. Um, it was, yeah, I, I basically played about by stroke play. I would have actually won. But kind of like, you know, the electoral college versus the popular vote (laughs) and the political, it doesn't matter. Match play, play. each hole is its own entity. So, um, yeah, I I played my heart out. And I I knew that he was going to come back on the second 18 with with something because he played really – he came out really flat. I mean, he was worse than flat, actually. I think he shot 76 or 77 in the first 18 holes. And for him to come out and shoot 65 in the second 18 – on a USGA set up thick, rough, firm greens uh, and, and me come out there and, and, you know, hang with them toe for toe. Um,
1: yeah. That final us amateur. Steve, it's amazing. I love that you put this book out there. I, I guess the, the last question I would ask you is that clearly, obviously that day, that event did not go the direction that you wanted it to. But when you look back on the course of your life, that had to be a pinnacle moment for you in, in in totality. How do you look back upon that? And in terms of how it impacted your path?
0: Well, yeah, you know, I, I look back and, and I think that, yeah, it was, it was a great moment in, in the game for sure. Um, The, the, for me personally, yeah. I, I mean, if, if it would have haunted me in some way, I certainly wouldn't have written a book about it. I certainly I probably wouldn't be in the golf business. I mean, a PJ professional, been a head professional a few places, uh, our golfing societies, the Outpost Club and the Silver Club Golfing Society. And so, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I think the, the moment, uh, what, one thing in golf, though, it's not like if I would have. I'm automatically on the PGA Tour for 10 years straight. I mean, you still have to go out there and continue to earn your keep in this game. And so, you know, golf doesn't doesn't owe you anything. It doesn't give you anything. You have to keep it every day, every year. Um, so, you know, for me, I got a lot of traction out of finishing runner-up in a monumental match like that. I've been 20 PGA Tour events over my life. I've you know, I won a couple of Canadian tour events. Uh, I had moderate success, but not the level of success I really wanted to. And, you know, but that moment right there in time was, uh, you know, it was it was it's certainly a moment in golf history. Now, looking back on Tiger's career, 25 years down the road now, August 25th will be the 25th anniversary of this match. Uh, you know, looking back, it was a pretty monumental moment uh,
1: for a player who arguably is the, the greatest player of our generation for sure. Steve Scott's new book is called, Hey Tiger, You Need to Move Your Mark Back. You can pick it up at movethatback.com. And if you want to, you can even get an autographed copy of the book from Steve on that website, movethatback.com. Steve Scott, great to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us this morning and over here in England for me. I don't know where you are, but we appreciate the fact that you would take the time and share your thoughts and your memories. Yeah, thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Have a great week. You too, sir. Good to see you. MoveThatBack.com is the website. All right, so BioFit360.com is part of the Fairways of Life family, and the reason why we love to have them as part of our family is because we know that everybody, all of you, are dealing with some type of pain. Everyone does, especially if you're an athlete, if you're a golfer. What is it? Ankles, knees, hips, lower back, middle back, upper back, neck, shoulders, elbows, wrists, hands, all of it. You don't have to suffer alone. Go to biofit360.com. Please do your research. That's what I love about companies that really stand behind their product, that it's the real deal. They want you to do the research. They don't want you just to take their word for it. They want you to find out what is out there and what is best. And we have found them and we feel it's best. I use them, my wife uses them, we love them. Biofit360.com, you do not have to suffer alone. Be better, do better, feel better. All of it is possible. When we come back, another guest as we broadcast to you live around the world on digital radio and on television. Find us on Facebook Live, and it's also 24 7 on demand. And everything we do is free for everybody everywhere. Stay with us more coming up from Sandwich England after this. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain in the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to biofit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better.
4: Hi, I'm Brian Hammons. You Country Club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's
1: ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects: Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course, secluded by thousands of acres. The greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Welcome back to the Fairways and show on this Thursday. So, remember me telling you that Lee Westwood had one hole left in his round in the opening round of the Scottish Open? Well, he birdied that hole, so he's now at six months apart and Jack Sr., Another Englishman also was at six under par, but Jack has plenty of time to take it deeper than that. He's only through 14 holes, but the, those are the two that now stand atop the leaderboard on the mark of six under par. There was another championship decided this uh, time stateside. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. I was really looking forward to, I've, I've loved watching the, the, the whole playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs uh, th- this season and have really enjoyed watching the run of the Canadians and and the Lightning. And unfortunately, I couldn't see the final game here, but it would have been very late anyway. Uh, but I did hear when I got up in the morning, I, I had a, an ESPN app for, you know, you can see the highlights and everything else. And so they got it done. So congratulations to Tampa as they, they keep going with producing these championship teams, which is really impressive. So before we went on the air too, I was telling Dom, I said, don't get, don't get too angry at me, but I'm thinking about, On the 19th, which is the Monday after the open, when I traditionally fly home, I was thinking about not flying home. And you know, Dom, he's like, and I I, I told him I'm thinking about popping over to Ireland and I may visit County Louth, which is about 40 minutes from Dublin. Uh, If if you guys log on to Ireland.com, you can do the same thing that I'm kind of doing right now, which is to kind of peruse and say, you know, maybe – because the 19th are talking about lifting the, the remaining COVID restrictions. So I could actually easily get into the country uh, from England. And so anyway, you're looking at it right now on on the video side uh, where you can see this, look at this, look at this magical place. It looks like that's a photograph and it looks like a painting because it's so beautiful with the way the light bounces off fairways and greens and swales and valleys and dunes and ocean all of it Uh, ireland.com as i mentioned is where you can log on you can get more information they're showing video of shane lowry winning his irish open as an amateur as it was rory was there following too he with the with the shocking locks of black curly hair back in the day Uh, so it's a really special place a place to share memories and and, uh, so i'm just i was telling dom this morning i may do it i haven't decided for sure but Certainly thinking about it, I'm sure you guys can too, and go to Ireland.com is where you can think in earnest about the details of the same. As I mentioned to you, Lee Westwood and Jack Sr. are leading the Scottish Open. Both of those stand on six under par. One shot behind a five under par. It includes a large group. Thomas Dietrich is there. Tommy Fleetwood, as I mentioned to you. Matthew Fitzpatrick, all of whom are finished with their rounds now. Chris Wood is five under par. He has one hole left to play. And Wade Ormsby is five under par, and he too has one hole left to play as well. Uh, PXG's new Gen 4 golf clubs, they are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that we have ever made, packed with new innovations, aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance, control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do period. So as I was going through the long list of prominent players that you're going to hear from in the show today, I wanted to highlight this one for Rory McElroy. because for Rory McIlroy, yes, obviously he's, play, he's won this season, so he's played well enough to be able to do that, but we keep hearing from people, particularly people that are that are, are heightened observers of the game with former tour players, etc., and they're saying, you know, even if he doesn't pull off the shot that he's trying to pull off they can see what he's working on so in this clip from Rory McIlroy he spoke to what he and Pete Cowan are working on yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to getting um
5: getting back on the golf course uh I was I was pretty rusty last week in Ireland I didn't I didn't really do any practice the week after the U.S. Open and it sort of showed in my game uh so it's been nice to link back up with Pete who's here and worked on some stuff the last couple of days uh, so yeah, it's, it's nice to, to get four more rounds and, and four rounds on, you
6: know,
5: somewhat links conditions and, and, and sort of seeing, seeing the game a little bit that way again, you know, putting off greens and chipping and runs and, and that sort of stuff. He'd probably tell you a little <laughs> b-. Um, uh, I think, but I think that's the great thing about Pete is he, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He'll tell me when it's not great. Um, so then when he does give me a compliment, I know that it's real. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's been great. It's very look, it's it's probably stuff I worked on before, but just said in a slightly different way, slightly different thoughts. But um good thing about Pete is he's been doing it such a long time and with so many great players is you know, he knows what works and he knows what doesn't. And um I, I've I've really enjoyed it. I really have. I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed learning from him. He's got such a great knowledge about the uh, not just the golf swing, but the game of golf in general. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a good few
1: months. All right. So Rory McElroy talking about what he and Pete Collin are working on. If you guys remember Pete joined us on the show not long ago, speaking about the same in terms of what their desires were. And everybody says the same thing about Rory McElroy. even though he may have peaks and valleys in terms of performance, I've always said that Rory initially everyone wanted to compare him to Tiger Woods and my feeling was that his career was more like that of a Phil Mickelson than a Tiger Woods and that he has these heights of glory that are so distinctive and we'll see what happens uh, this week at the Scottish Open he is currently level par through two holes played. So far today. And again, the lead belongs to two and six under par in Westwood and Jack senior. All right. I'm excited about our next guest too. You heard me mention before the show was starting, you guys know that I'm, I'm quarantining here in England and sandwich England, just around the corner from Royal St. George's. So, and I'm doing that. I made that commitment to do that so that the week of the open, I will have freedom of movement so I can fully enjoy the experience so being here in quarantine yeah i've got the t-shirts on i'm just chilling out in my little cottage and enjoying myself and probably going to get yelled at for my fashion choices as ever by our next guest i love this guy marty hackle is joining us he is the co-founder and principal at the golf guidance group now marty what's going on how are you my friend uh i'm good matt
6: please look in the mirror when you get <laughs> dressed in the morning
1: It's good to have you back on, Marty Hackle. Hey, what is the the Golf Guidance Group? The
6: Golf Guidance Group is an advisory firm. It consists of four people. In 2019, every PGA show, I played golf with three great friends. And we always played at Mountain Lake. Uh, just southwest of Orlando. We always had a fabulous time. Tilling has course, brilliant. Uh, and we looked forward to that every year. Well, in 2019, when we were having lunch after our round, we realized that Gene Matar, Michael Kernicky, and Dick Stewart, my three dear friends, that the four of us were all retiring. And we all thought, geez, we still want to stay active. Together we had over a hundred years of experience. And I said, why don't we all get together and share that experience with people? So we started this company, the Golf Guidance Group, and we've had a great time over the past two years. And we represent a number of software companies, so we have some wonderful software applications, the safety app, and we have the dashboard app, which is a wonderful information tool for clubs. And we have member text, which is a texting system because we found out that through research that people don't really read their emails, but they all read their text messages. So if you can text people, you can get their attention a lot quicker. And we also have had a great amount of experience in merchandising and shop design and operations. So we're sharing that with our clients and we're having a great time doing it.
1: Golfguidancegroup.com is the website. You can see it there in the graphic that we just had up on the screen, golfguidancegroup.com. Now, Marty, you've been contacting me for number of different products that it, I, I take it that you're representing companies as well. What is your role there and what services are you providing to these companies? I assume they're trying to get the word out of who they are and what they're doing.
6: Yes. Well, what we're what we try to do is be a great sounding board, be a great sort of take tap into all of our experience. We're working with Johnston and Murphy a wonderful footwear company. I think everyone knows them. They used to make golf shoes, you know, for Arnold Palmer. And they've recently introduced a collection for both men and women of fabulous golf shoes. And I've really been helping them get that word out, get those shoes on some key people around the country And we're having a great time working with Johnston and Murphy. And we're also working with a company called golf erasers, which is a little tiny sponge, if you will, that you can attach to a lanyard, keep on your golf bag, put a little water on it and voila, it is the perfect way to clean your clubs, to clean your golf balls. And at the end of the round, even clean your footwear. So it's a simple, hygienic way of doing it. It's great fun, inexpensive, practical.
1: All right, so golf, uh, golfguidancegroup.com, again, folks, is the website. So, Marty, when you're representing this company, these companies, both of those samples that you mentioned, you have, you have thankfully sent me, so I've had a chance to look at them. Most recently, the uh, Johnston and Murphy shoes, you had asked me to pick out a pair and I went on the website and I I saw a pair that, that kind of uh, had some traditional looks to it, but still looked like it had a footbed of a sneaker and it looked really incredibly comfortable. I, I got them just before I left for England. They are so gorgeous. And I'm not saying that to surprise anybody because Johnston and Murphy, we already know them from the, from the incredible shoes that they, that they do make. I'm curious though, what was it about why would they want to get back into the game of golf right now? Obviously, the game is surging. Maybe they saw that, but I would, I would think that they were just before that curve when they decided to come back into it. And to, from the standpoint of what you do as a company, if I were Johnston and Murphy and I went to you and said, Marty Hackle, how can you help me? What would the answer be?
6: Well, I think Johnston and Murphy got back into the golf game because they realized that their customer was golfing. And they have had a history making great golf footwear. So it was an easy transition to develop uh, some specialized footwear that I agree with you, Matt, is very comfortable and Mm. you can put them on at home and wear them all day. So, you know, they're really, really great, great company, great footwear. Great history, great tradition with that brand.
1: Yeah, and to that point, now uh, this takes me back to that question about Marty Hackle. If you are sitting across the table from Johnston and Murphy, from from the you know uh, it, the big the wigs there, and they say, "Well, Marty, why do we need you? What is it that you think you can do for us that will help us?" is it the is it what we're going through right now the idea of letting the world know about what's out there and your credibility about understanding fashion and understanding uh, in this case footwear as well as you do that 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 you can actually tell people and give them the straight and narrow that this is something they want to check out
6: well um, I, I sort of see myself as the style guidance counselor so just like yeah. pete cowan is working with you know with rory and with a bunch of players on how they're playing. I'm sort of working with companies and with players about how they're presenting themselves into the marketplace. So we're in essence doing the same thing. And I gotta give you, I share with you a wonderful story about Pete Cowan, who is a great guy. Pete once said to me, you know, he always wears the same color clothes. And he once Mm -hmm. said to me, hey, you know, I'll wear any color as long as it's black. So every time you see Pete Cowan, you'll see him dressed in black.
1: He is a man in black. To Johnny Cash of of, of his side of the pond, there's no yeah. doubt about that. So, Marty, you and I have been talking together about fashion, and in particular, golf fashion now for well, decades when, when you think about the years that, that have gone by. And I remember you telling me one time that fashion is a reflection of a group consciousness. And when, when we were at the depths of the recession, it would, there was a lot of muted colors and grays and darker colors. What we're seeing right now in golf fashion are a lot of prints, a lot of colors, a lot of variety, Uh, the the game getting more informal so you don't have to have the collar on like I'm not wearing today, et cetera. Uh, I absolutely love the direction that everything is going. I'm curious what the assessment is of Marty Hackle of where fashion is in the golf industry in 2021.
6: Well, great question, Matt. It's going in two directions at the same time. We see some players like Ian Poulter and Adam Scott and victor perez tommy fleetwood billy horschel who always look great and then we see a whole group of players that really need i think a little bit more guidance in how they're presenting themselves so we're kind of seeing this trend of if you have a little courage there's merchandise out there where you can really make a statement, but you really want to dress to your own comfort zone. Because if you stand in front of the mirror for more than 20 seconds, looking at what you're wearing, go change because you're not having confidence
1: in what you're wearing. So Marty, let me ask you this question. If huge apparel companies in the golf industry, or or even beyond wanted to get players, athletes, ambassadors, representatives wearing their brands. It would seem to me that it would be perfect for them to go to the golf guidance group, which is golfguidancegroup.com. It would be perfect for them to go to you and say, could we hire you as our consultant where you will work with these athletes and these players to make sure that you find styles and looks that meet both with their personalities and is the best representation of the brand. Did I did I hit on that correctly? Oh, my gosh. You're
6: hired, as a matter of fact. That was terrific, and that's exactly what we'd love to do.
1: Perfect, perfect. So we, we, found, we found the next phase for Marty Hackle. And I know that to that point, just as an aside, because you're so humble about this stuff— You have been involved at many, many high levels. And I hope I'm not giving away any secrets here, Marty, and saying that right up to the level of like, you know, Ryder cup teams where you have helped consult on the, on the fashion and on the look Uh, it's, I'm glad you're still in the game to, to that point that you guys are still doing it and that you and your friends who founded the golf guidance group decided that you still had something to offer because you do have something to offer and you've done it for so long brilliantly and you're still doing it. So I'm sure with all of that, you have to be as excited about the here and now and the future as ever.
6: Yes, indeed. And you know what, Matt? This year's Ryder Cup is really going to be terrific because along with a terrific wardrobe from Ralph Lauren, uh, where you know they're dressing the team in their golf attire and in some of their on-off course attire as well, uh, the PGA has licensed some people to utilize the Ryder Cup symbol. They, they they've licensed uh, Needle Golf to do needle point putter head covers with that wonderful Ryder Cup. They've even authorized Blue Delta Jeans, a jean a custom jean company, to make jeans for the Ryder Cup team. So one night you're going to see the Ryder Cup team with great Ralph Lauren blue blazers or or some sportswear and you're gonna see them with blue Delta jeans. So the times are changing, Matt.
1: That's awesome, Marty. One thing that hasn't changed, though, is that you continue to be a classic. And as I mentioned, you are contributing so much, and you have to the golf industry and even beyond that. But, but we have been the beneficiary of it in our parochial little world of golf. And long may it, it, it continue. I wish you and your partners at the Golf Guidance Group the very best of success. And please come back and join us again because I love to catch up. Yeah, I love you, brother. I think it's fantastic. All the best. Love you too, Matt. Good to see you. That's Marty Hackle joining us live on this Thursday as I come to you from Sandwich, England, here on quarantine for a few more days, hopefully, uh, just a few more days. Did my test yesterday. I've got another test coming up Saturday. If I pass the Saturday test without any signs of COVID, I'm fully vaccinated and all the rest. But uh, if I get past the Saturday test, then I get to release myself from quarantine. I still have to do two more tests following that just to make, uh, I guess, a 1,000% sure but fingers crossed and we'll see how it plays itself out all right the top of the leaderboard now belongs to but one Uh, jack senior has reached the mark of seven under par at the scottish open and he still has three holes left to play his lead is one shot over lee westwood who finished his opening round on the mark of six under par group at five under par thomas Dietrich, tommy fleetwood and matthew fitzpatrick all on that mark i'll go a little deeper into that leaderboard when we have a chance at the john deere classic dj trahan and brian gay both have reached the mark of two under par and stand alone atop of that leaderboard we have more coming up for you in the fairways of life show as we broadcast to you live from england and of course it's it's not only live on facebook live and 24 7 on demand there as well and all the other touch points you can get us on including on the digital radio uh, side. So make sure you stay with us for all of that. We thank you that you have to this point indeed. Uh, but we want to thank all of our partners as well. TourEdge.com is where you can log on to and you can see their wonderful product line. They're obviously making a huge impact in the industry this year. They're having the biggest year they've ever had. Last year was the biggest year that they've ever had. You've had people to the scale of Dick Sullivan, who's the CEO of PJ Tour Superstore, telling us that, yeah, uh, the box sets are selling out because people are picking up the game and they they want to uh, make sure that their loved ones get good equipment that they have everything that they need. So there's a set literally in a box. Everything that you need is in there. The golf bag is in there, the putter is in there, the wedges are in there, the irons, the hybrids, the woods, everything you need to go out and play golf that afternoon. Check it out when you get an opportunity at touredge.com. Remember that everything touredge builds is pound for pound the best value in the game, and it carries a lifetime warranty. Very impressive indeed. I think you're going to be impressed with what's coming up next because we're still going to hear from some absolutely huge names. How about we're talking about the Ryder Cup? What we're going to hear from Steve Stricker. Yep, waiting in the wings for all of you in the Fairways of Life show, Steve Stricker, but that's not it. John Rahm, yep, JT, Justin Thomas, uh, before we wrap up on this Thursday. Back with more from Sandwich England live on this Thursday. After this, if I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses, and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Log on to BoingGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital.
7: Come to where History Meets Luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance. Visit our luxurious spa. Indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today.
1: What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to pjtoursuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company from wherever around the world you are joining us today. We are live on Facebook Live and all of the dozens of other places that you can watch us on the television side and the digital radio side. Uh, and it's always available on demand 24-7 and always available for free. It was really important when we launched independently that we wanted to make sure that we were two things really worldwide and for free. Those are the those are the two that we wanted to make sure uh, everybody had uh, for Steve, Steve Stricker. Obviously, he's going to be asked a lot of questions uh, about the Ryder Cup. It is now just around the corner. You just heard Marty Hackle talking about the uniforms and the fashion that goes into that. I love to see Marty's enthusiasm for the same. Let's find out about the enthusiasm from Steve Stricker as he speaks about his team yeah there's a lot of guys there but I think it'll shake itself out I don't don't think it's going to be more difficult at all um you know I'll have the opportunity to sit with those six players uh you know after the top six make the team I plan on seeing these six players and and getting their feedback uh to to the to the next six that we're going to pick I want this to be a uh uh, a team effort. I want everybody to be all in on who these six picks are going to be, and and uh, make it a
0: team, a true team deal, and um, and that's that's my
1: plan going forward. But I, I don't I don't think it's going to be um, any harder if it was four or six. I wonder if it's just the nature of Steve Stricker because he's now been in the position of being the captain of the United States Ryder Cup team for a long time, very much the same as Curtis Strange. Uh, In Curtis Strange's case, it was because of 9-11. In the case of Steve Stricker, of course, COVID is what has had the impact on everything, and obviously COVID's having an impact on a lot of different things. There was an amazing clip from the U.S. Senior Open from Kenny Perry, which I'm going to play for you here in just a second, where, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't hear that Kenny Perry was one of those who got COVID. I didn't hear what impact it had on him. But of all the sound that, that you will hear in the Fairways of Life show today, my guess is is that when you reflect back on it, what you're about to hear may impact you the most. Here's Kenny Perry. Well, I just want to compete and be competitive again. I mean,
4: I, my last win was 2018. And it just seemed like what, I got COVID in April, early April. And I got it bad. I was in the house, for th- I was in bed for like two weeks straight. I-, I couldn't hardly move. And I have really struggled until, I didn't get my win back until last week. I was able to finally walk 18 holes last week and, uh, and feel like I had energy, you know. And feel my energy's now coming back. And my goal with coming here was just to, just to come back and compete and just to finish the golf tournament. But now, actually, I'm playing a lot better. I mean, I got a lot – I played better at Dick's last week. And, uh, and you know, walking – you know, I was able to walk the 18 holes today, but obviously I walked in – you know, it was a lot cooler this morning. It wasn't 91 degrees and 100% humidity. So uh, that's going to be a demand on me. And being at age 60, you know, I can really see my golf game is not nearly as good as it was in 2013. You know, so I've got a tough road ahead of me.
1: How about that last piece? I mean, the, the whole entirety of his comments were, were intriguing, but I've got a tough road ahead of me, with the, the last phrase that he said there. Now, let's hear from, in this case, a multiple-time major champion where he's talking about kind of a tough road ahead for anybody. This is Zach Johnson talking about how hard it is in today's world of golf because of the depth of talent just to win
8: it's uh it's very very difficult to win out here um i was just talking to another buddy of mine who is quite a bit younger um the tour ain't getting any older first of all it's getting younger i think uh i don't know what, i i could be making that up the average age i feel like it's dropped but again maybe i don't i don't know that um it it's hard to make cuts out here i mean I was talking to a buddy who actually missed the cut in Hartford two weeks ago by one shot. Missed the cut last week by one shot, and he would have been in both weeks. He would have been um, like six or seven shots off the lead. I mean, I think it was seven. So, I mean, in, in a 18-hole stretch, you even called a 25 to 30-hole stretch, that's that's nothing. And um, so, it, it's 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 really bunched. It's really. Just kind of congested there, you know, with 65 and ties now, and um, it's hard, you know. I mean, all that being said, the game of golf hasn't really changed. It's still, you still got, still got to go about your work and, and plot it around the golf course, game plan, and, and implement that. But it's difficult to win. It's difficult to, uh, in all facets. But I love that. I mean, that I don't want to say that's motivating. I just, I just pursue that. Um, I, I love when things aren't easy.
1: Justin Thomas and John Rahm still coming up in the program this morning. Interesting comments there from Zach Johnson talking about the youth that is in the world of golf today, but definitely about the depth in the world of golf and the immense talent and how hard it is now to win. Now, one who has won multiple times was Ernie Els. And it was interesting when you talked to the Big Easy because obviously he embraced the Champions Tour, but he was asked about you know what yet phil mickelson now as the oldest major champion of all time and this guy is one of your contemporaries here's what the big easy had to say about that
9: yeah i mean it's just incredible uh, you know what phil's done you know to win at the age of 50 51 almost um, uh, a major uh, on the regular tour i mean that's incredible you know so uh just shows you what can be done you know I read that, you know, Phil got a lot of inspiration from what he saw Tom Brady do, you know, in the NFL. And that's just phenomenal in itself, to To have a man of that, obviously that talent, but to play at 43 in the NFL is, you know, it's for me hard to just even think about it, you know. Um, but these guys are doing it, and they they really paving the way for, for other guys to uh, follow suit. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, depends on how you look after yourself, how you approach the game mentally. Uh, but if you're physically there, um, you know, you got to just get yourself in a really good mental frame. Bernard, as you say, has shown it also. You know, he's 63 years of age. He's third on the money list. He's struggling a little bit with a knee um, injury a little bit, but he's won in every single year for 14 years out here. So um, those three guys have, have really showing a lot of the guys the way forward, I think.
1: Uh, Interesting there that uh, a lot of different reasons that Big Easy was sharing his thoughts about Phil Mickelson, but then he gave us that little piece about Bernhard Langer. We just heard from Bernhard yesterday's show. He didn't say anything about the knee. I wonder if he'd release some information to the world there. So we'll see how Bernhard is uh, feeling. He gets along with whatever that ailment is with his knee. Now, as much as we've been talking about the Ryder Cup so far today, remember this year, is also a Solheim Cup year, so we start with Danielle King speaking about the prospects.
7: To be really honest with you, I can't think that far. <laughs> we've got, we've got this tournament, Dow, Olympics, British Open, Solheim is like my last finishing out. So I want to be able. What my main focus for Solheim is. For me to be in good health and good mindset and be ready to go and aspire as I can be for the next all the things that's going to make me tired kind of thing so I'm more focused on kind of a personal level but with that said aside I think it's really great we have four people one of the Olympics that are on the Solheim Cup team and that's amazing and that team is really strong and um, I'm really excited to see who makes the Solheim Cup team I know it's a it's neck and neck with the a lot of the players with Rolex ranking and captain's picks and all that, but our players that are on the team so far are really strong teams. So, um, with that momentum build, we all played golf together at Inverness, and we're just really excited to represent USA in any way possible. I'm playing all right. I played pretty good last week. Um, today, I didn't play that great, but I think that's, I mean, it's golf, right? Every day's different. But uh, game feels solid, and uh, I just want golf to come easy. That's when you're playing really good. So uh, I worked with um, uh, Coach Pat Goss. He looks at my short game. So he drove down uh, from Chicago, and he looked at my short game yesterday. So my short game's getting tuned in. But it's not just about tomorrow. It's about building your game to be better, you know.
1: All right, Daniel Kang talking about her game, talking about the Solheim Cup. Let's stay with that Solheim Cup theme for a moment and hear from a veteran campaigner in Stacey Lewis on her thoughts of the same.
10: Yeah, I mean, as far as making the team, absolutely. I think um, everybody's watching that points list. Um, we all know you finish top 20, you get points um, to move up. So, I mean, everybody's paying attention to that, and it's hard to kind of throw it in the back of your mind and just go play golf. Um you know, but it's important for us to keep playing well. Um, you know, as Amer- the Americans have been playing pretty well so far this year. Um, Lizette and Nelly had that good showing at KPMG, so um, so we just need to keep building on it. And um, but it's it's going to be a hard team to make this year. I mean, there's there's a lot of really you can go down probably 15, 16 players that could legitimately make the team. It would be everything. I mean, to be born here. This was my first LPGA event. Was here in Ohio. My parents are from here. I mean, it would, it would mean everything to play in this tournament. I mean, it. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, so I love soul hand cups. I love you know. It's so special, but it would be probably be one of the highlights of my career.
1: She is awesome. Okay, so Justin Thomas and John Rahm are amongst the stars that are playing at the scottish open both of them are one under after three holes to start the tournament uh, so far today but let's first of all hear from justin thomas and this isn't his first time playing in the scottish open it isn't his first time playing at this golf course at the scottish open but the question remains the same what is it about the week at the scottish open that you hope will prepare you for the open championship
5: uh, to be perfectly honest i My best open championship finish uh, came the year that I played the Scottish Open before. So I'm strictly going off of that. Uh, I feel like for me, it it can't hurt. Um, It's not like getting acclimated to Lynx golf, even though it could be a totally different golf course, Uh, just getting used to chipping on these surfaces, putting on these greens. Um, You know, the basically the stuff that I've been dealing with the last three days to try to get used to, these conditions um is just going to save me then next week you know instead of using a monday tuesday wednesday of a major week to try to get accustomed to the conditions and and the turf and and the speed of the greens you know hopefully i'll be able to do so this week and then um and then once i get there uh at st george's next week i'll be in a little better shape
1: All right, so Justin Thomas's shape right now is, as I mentioned, one under through three, exact same mark for John Rahm, and let's talk about the same theme about using this week while it stands alone and obviously wants to play well at the Scottish Open, but it's also about keeping an eye on what lies around the corner for the Open at Royal St. George's. I think I'm better prepared and better experienced
5: mentally for for what an Open can be. Um, If I remember correctly, it can get quite windy, on that part of the country. Um, and what I said, it's, it's not the easiest links golf course, right? So you're going to have to, you know, adjust to the atmosphere, adjust to the winds and adjust to the golf course every day. So I feel like I'm, I'm better prepared for that. Uh, now, when it comes to my life after the wind hasn't changed that much. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't say I think too much of myself, right? Uh, it, it, you know, it shouldn't change. Um, there might be more people that recognize you or more people that come up to you for a picture, autograph, or just to say hello. But for the most part, it hasn't changed. Um, all I can say is I celebrated more than I have in the past, but I feel like
1: it was well worth it. All right, jumping back to the John Deere Classic for a second. So we have three tied at two under par in DJ Trahan and Bronson Burgoon and Brian Gay on that PGA Tour event. That includes one Daniel Berger. And so let's hear from Daniel Berger in terms of what his thoughts are entering day one.
3: Yeah, you know, my goal has always been to, you know, just get a little bit better every year. And, you know, with uh, with that one year, uh, I think it was 2019, where I played a little bit injured. You know, obviously, I didn't have the greatest year. But, you know, other than that, I've, you know, throughout my career shown that I've been a top player, you know, a consistent top 50 player in the world. I, I've made, you know, five or six tour championships in my first seven years. So um, I think it's just about getting a little bit better every year and, and, uh, you know, started working with a new golf coach two years ago, Cameron McCormick, who I think has helped take me to that next level. And um, I just think every aspect of my game has gotten a little bit better. And, and that's why I'm seeing more consistent results and, and a little bit better play than, you know, in the years past. I think, it, you know, anybody can win. That's, uh, that's the beauty of the game of golf. And um, I definitely feel confident that uh, if I play my game, I'll have a chance to win on Sunday. But, uh, like I said, I mean, it's so tough, you know, to go out there and, and say that, you know, I'm going to go win that golf tournament. But if I prepare the way that, you know, I've been preparing and I, and I and I play the way I'm capable of playing, then I feel very good about my chances.
1: Wouldn't you like to see Daniel Berger on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, too? It's worth it. This conversation, this is what we do here. All right. Before we send you on your merry way, though, Dom, let's get everybody up to speed on how and when and where they can see and they can hear all of the coverage uh, coming at you in the world of golf from all over the world today.
2: The, uh, the John Deere classic is kicking off this afternoon, 3 PM Eastern time on golf channel. Also uh, tomorrow at 3 PM on golf channel, uh, PGA tour live uh, for John Deere classic and feature groups can be seen at 745 AM Eastern time uh, t- uh, today and tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously on radio, always uh, you can catch it on PGATour.com. Their, their uh, radio coverage at noon on Thursday and on Friday. The U.S. Senior Open. How about those comments, by the way, from Kenny Perry? Really interesting there. Yeah, uh, that was. kicks off today at noon on Peacock. It's kind of bouncing between Peacock and Golf Channel uh, all week long. At noon today on Peacock, you catch it at, 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 on Golf Channel at 1 o'clock. And then again at 6 o'clock, uh, lots of coverage of a major championship this week on Golf Channel and Peacock. The LPGA Tour's Marathon LPGA Classic, you can watch uh, at 9 p.m. tonight and Friday night, and then on the weekend it's at 3 p.m. on uh, all those times are on Golf Channel. The Scottish Open is on right now, so as soon as we're done here, you just switch right over to Golf Channel and watch the Scottish Open. Uh, and then on the weekend, also early morning stuff, 7 a.m. I'm kind of liking how my weekend is shaping up, Matt, where I can just turn on the TV, eat my peanut butter puffs, watch the Scottish Open. And then by the time that's over, I can watch my Italy game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> From Panda Pops to watching. Out. It's all coming up, Dominic. <laughs> yeah, you know, he calls it my Italy game. Uh, where I am here in Sandwich, England, it's very much about the England game that would be taking place nah, at Wembley. No, about. It's
2: my Italy game. I think How I'm ruining my kids, down, by right? the way. They're seeing me spazzing out on the couch about soccer. <laughs> Daddy, oh, what happened? Wow. They have to win or else. <laughs>
1: We'll see what happens, Dom. (laughs) Uh, We are going to see what happens tomorrow, too, in the Fairways of Life show as we come back to you once again, uh, in my case, live from Sandwich, England, just around the corner from Royal St. George's. We're going to have an opportunity to review all of that golf that Dom just laid out for us as to where it is and what's going on and and when it's happening and who did what, and you're going to hear from all of those same names. Can't wait to share that experience with you as well. And until we are together, again, have a great Thursday. Be well. And goodbye.